Hi, beauty. I'm so grateful you were led to this podcast. I'm your host, Miranda. Hi. I'm a wife, coach, and mom to four world changers. And this is the Recalibrating Hearts podcast. It's my heart that in this space, you would encounter the love of the Father and receive downloads, revelations, and solutions for partnering with God in your breakthrough. You'll also hear how we're building our family, powerful prayers and declarations for you, and ways to incorporate natural solutions for whole health. I think it's time to normalize spiritual breakthrough and walk in freedom with whole hearts. Holy Spirit, you get full permission to recalibrate our hearts. Let's go. On today's episode, I'm super honored and blessed to bring to you Marina Carrier, conversation with her about trauma and PTSD and how God really brings light from darkness and really breaks through. And when I first had a discovery call with her after she reached out to have um, to be on my show, I really loved how she, and I think you'll agree with me after listening, has words and puts words to pain and to experiences and trauma that we've all experienced or some of us have. But she puts words to it and explains and describes them in a way that helps unlock things, especially healing. So uh, Maureen is a teacher and an author of three books, Treasures of Darkness, Facing the Pain and Finding the Light, Your Will Be Done, Beyond Powerlessness, Fear, Life Revealed in Love, and Children of God, Conform to the Life-Giving Cross in Joy and Hope and Eternal Life. Um, I pray that you allow her words and my words to really, and the Lord's words especially, to really seep into the areas of your heart that might have been locked away to him and open it up to him to do some major healing. Bless you guys. Today um, on this episode, we have a really special episode. Um, my sister in Christ, Marina, is joining us. Marina, welcome to the show. I am so, so this is really the, I think the first time that I know you reached out to me a couple months ago and we had a discovery call just briefly because I do tend to um, filter who comes on the show and we don't have to, we can agree to disagree, but I really am protective about to my listeners. And once we had a discovery call right away, I was like, okay, the, the world needs to hear your story, but especially you'll, you'll see listeners, but especially how precious your heart is for healing trauma and then whatever else Holy Spirit wants to wants to bring on. So Marina, welcome to the show. Hi. Miranda, it was such a joy when we first met and it's a it's a it's a joy again to just to to know that you're meeting with somebody who loves the Lord, trusts in the Lord, is tested in their lives and is still persevering in faith and love. If that's not both of our stories, like in a nutshell, episode over. But I really, um, when you, when we first talked, I really uh, appreciated how you put into words things about trauma or heart pain or woundedness and how the Lord met you. So again, however you feel led, when you put those into words, there was a lot of aha moments I had of, I've experienced that. Oh, that's what that was. So will you, would you mind opening up and just sharing your story with the listeners? And then really we are going to be led by the spirit in whatever way, you know, we trust. So do you mind? Okay. Well, I, I, <laughs> let's start with the moment I first met the Lord. Did I know that I was meeting the Lord? No, but I was a, a, a zygote. Is that what you call it? You in know, 
in the womb and I wasn't wanted. I was illegitimate and, and my mother tried to abort me. How did the Lord enable me to persevere even in the womb? You know, it's a miracle. But the wound was there. In the womb, even the wound was there because I've had to face that spirit of abortion, you know, in my life. It, it, you know, it perseveres until we're able to face it, to own it. So here's an, a, a, a blessing, dear sufferers of trauma. Don't be afraid to face the pain because if, you can, if you're seeing the pain, open the heart door to Jesus and he will see you through it. He will bring you through. So right from the very first moment, there was that sort of knowledge of something holding me. And then, of course, when I was born, I was a girl and more rejection. And, uh, you know, these, these wounds are very real. And yet I was baptized. I was three months old. I was baptized. And I knew deep in my heart that I had a heavenly father, not consciously, but in the spirit. So although I was suffering from the, um, I was born during the war, I was the, the um, result of a, a war a, alliance. Mm. Um, you know, God was always with you. God is always with us because he promises and his promises are true. Though your father and mother reject you, I will never reject you. And when it came to the point that my um, abusive, sexually abusive um, stepfather um, nearly killed me as a nine-year-old, and maybe he did and, and I was brought back to life, I don't know. I do know that the mother of God appeared to me and said, I'm your mother. Now, that didn't make any sense, except I believed it at the time until I said it to people and they said, you know, don't be ridiculous. So I stopped believing it. Mm. But many, many years later, and forgive me, dear souls, if this sounds a little bit disjointed, but many years later, when I'd been brought back to faith and, and was back in the church, and the Lord, after 20 years of following him, learning to trust him, learning to listen to him, learning obedience, I was led to a tiny cottage because all the other doors had shut. <laughs> and he asked me uh, to listen to my pain. And when I, and so every day I was writing, and listening deep in my heart. And it was during one of those sessions, I was there nine months in this place, tiny one up, one down, ex-cow buyer, which had been blessed by a, a spiritual father to be a hermitage when he came to bless, bless it. But one day, God said to me, because I was crying out to him, why did you let it happen? Why did you? And he said, I have given free will. And we have to know that God can't go against himself. So God had given free will, and my stepfather was asserting his free will in his drunken state and did what he did. But God said to me, I couldn't stop that. 
but nobody could stop me giving you my spirit afterwards. And so, totally beyond rationality, although I'd gone into a period of depression because I felt totally powerless, totally destroyed, totally silenced, there was nothing that was working in me, humanly speaking. But God gave me his spirit. And I have an awareness over those following years of a, a, you know, a sense of feeling disease. And I am aware of lifting my spiritual eyes upwards and sort of you know, communing with the Father, although I knew not what I was doing, and then this peace coming down. So that was a very real uh, blessing of God that carried me through my school years, uh, led me to uh, actually proclaim Christ after doing A-level scripture um, at, at 18 and saying it t takes more to not believe than it does to believe that Jesus was the Son of God. And, of course, because I now know the word, Jesus says, if you proclaim my name among men, I will proclaim yours to the Father or to the angels. And he led me through help of a boyfriend who encouraged me and blessed me. He led me uh, to get sufficient um, A-levels to go to college, uh, to go to teacher training college. I failed to get into university. And I went and trained as a teacher. And he gave me inordinate grace. I loved my teaching. It was clearly an act of God. Awesome. So I don't know if that answered your question. But, you know, I was meeting with God at significant points in my life. But he was always there. Mm -hmm. Always there. And even when I'd, I, I got married at one point, although it was crazy to, to marry him, but I didn't know how to protect myself. I didn't know that these feelings was God speaking to me, this man isn't good for you. I didn't know because I didn't know how to repel my stepfather. You know, I was a needy soul, terribly empty, despised and rejected. And, you know, we are all human. And as a human being, we are frail and need love. And if we're not getting good love, I'm afraid we're very vulnerable to bad love. Wow, Marina, I'm so grateful that we just go for it because I want this platform to really just honor, glorify God, vulnerability, truth. And I know people find themselves in this story and it's, again, the way what you have with words is so obviously the grace of God, but it's so amazing. And also, as you're telling the story, I can like, I can see God holding your spirit, spirit or him. I can just see it. It's like, there's such a, um, a power on your testimony. It's so beautiful. I, I already took a page of notes, right? Just even starting, I'm going to just go through my notes for a second, see which way we go. <laughs> because there's so many ways we could go. So Lord direct us, but just the illegitimacy part and the rejection in the womb part, and you survived abortion. Like that's just a treasure in itself. But even just that, you know, we can go both ways. The enemy wanted to take you out because of the call in your life. And so not just in the womb, then with a the stepfather, then, I, and I understand 
multiple trauma, like it's this multiple trauma. And how do you find yourself? How do you find anything through that? I just, I can relate to points of it, right? I've never experienced the things you've experienced, but we all can relate the ones who have experienced multiple traumas. It's like this one thing after another, after another, can I ever get ahead? And then for me, God must not want me either. And my my brother, I, I think it was my brother said, I must have said, well, God loves me, you know, when I was a child. And he said, you needn't think God loves you. You're just a naughty little girl. And there it is for, for that temptation to come in. And that young, when you can't really reason, he's so, there's so much grace. Like right now, I'm just feeling and hearing how protected children are. It must be. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that the truth of God saying, though your father and mother forget you, I will never forget you. It's so true. And when he brought me back, into the church and I started reading the Bible and I came to that verse in Isaiah I started crying Mm -hmm. because I hadn't reached the point that I'm at now but in me I knew it's like we don't have to understand it no it's like we don't have to understand it and we don't understand it and the first part of the walkout of healing trauma I want to I want to skip to listening to your pain this is so important because a lot of times, and I feel like with the um, multiple traumas and the buildup of all this stress, chaos, strife, not one thing after another, it's like you can't, I felt like I couldn't get ahead. When you said listen to your pain, a lot of us do not take that time. No. That's so brilliant. I, he's so, he knew what you needed. He Exactly. And I, you see, when I first came back to faith, and he it was him who called me when I was crying because the man I was living with, you know, because I had been married and and he was unfaithful and, you know, and I got out of the situation. Not, not It wasn't the unfaithful. He betrayed me. He mm-hmm. lied to me. That mm-hmm. was what finished me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, and I was seeking integrity. And uh, I started living with the man who had helped me with my PhD. Mm-hmm. And, and then he, you know, I got to the point where I knew I couldn't stay like this. And he didn't want to marry me. And... I was crying on my bed and I heard my name. I mean, there was no internal listening, no knowledge of that you could do things like that because I'd so denied and rejected the my integrity. I didn't know, um, you know, other people rejected me, so I rejected myself. Yes. And um, so when God called my name, inside I was encouraged and then saw things happening and I was led back into the church and it's that it's that trust I've forgotten where I was going so forgive me you I don't mind you bringing me back but where I'm going now is is to say that by going back into the church and getting into the word and having things go ping, you know, and people praying for me. Students were praying for me um, before I actually you know, gave my life back to Christ. What happened was that, you know, I don't know how many of you know the Jabez prayer. Mm-hmm. It's at 1 Chronicles chapter 4, 9 and 10. Really, it was, a, it was like a godsend to me when I actually, you know, started praying it. Because in it... Jabez was called Jabez because he was born in pain. Who hands up? You know? <laughs> and uh, 
and he said it says um and jabez was more honorable than his brethren and he cried out to god lord bless me and i needed that blessing my life was just work only work my integrity was work when my stepfather did what he did to me i cast out all toys all dolls anything that comforted me and i went into my head and many of us i guess have been there and so what god had to do in the first place i thought he was going to you know make me this or that or the other you know because my head had got it all worked out but no he had to teach me about love he had to teach me about families he had to teach me to use the gifts that he had given me i i went on writing courses mm. i went on painting courses and then and then and i was listening to the word and that was when he started to tell me i want the truth and i remember the first time he'd said this to me i was you know rewriting i was trying to digest the reading for that day bible reading for that day and he and i heard him say i want the truth but i'm miserable you won't want me if i'm miserable he said try me and this is really important we do not put on anything for god so i said okay well what shall i do if i don't pretend not to be miserable and he told me what to do and i went to a book the christian bookshop in the village according to his instructions i thought the couple who ran it who were from my church uh we're going to say oh don't be so silly and the, it was the husband actually and he said well why don't you go and sit in the library area and i'll bring you a cup of coffee and opposite me was a bookshelf with books on and one of them went ping as they do and 2 hours later fueled with coffee and a flapjack and uh this book which was by toza and it was the pursuit of god and i knew exactly what i needed to do i wasn't miserable and i hadn't pretended anything so that was the beginning of starting to trust but he still wanted me to focus on what he was asking me to do so it was 20 years later and i still had this weight in me which he'd revealed when i went to a um a, a healing meeting that was every 2 months led by a catholic priest and and a woman and i used to take my friend who i was supporting and seeking to keep her uh, not on the straight and narrow but you know saneish mm-hmm. and uh, at the end of the meeting i just felt that i had to ask the woman to pray for me i'd been praying for people because god gave me many gifts she prayed and i remember her now saying oh my dear you have a great well of pain and thought yeah i i think i know that and then it was it took about 2 years to get to the point where he led me to um maybe even longer than that to the point of listening to my pain so it was like becoming aware of this well of pain it came up you know it sort of welled up but i had he had given me great grace to persevere to trust him 
to praise him, to love and bless other people, to use the gifts he'd given me for others. And then he told me to listen to my pain. So it's not something that we can do other than accept where he has brought us to each day. And he will make us the fisher of men. He will fulfill his purpose in us because we can't make it happen. As you're sharing your process and the timeline almost, if I I keep looking back and just kind of processing while you're talking about how like for a few years, it was like, I, well, first of all, I understand being in my head and it makes so much sense. Again, when you say it, it's like, why we go to our heads with trauma, why, why we stay in the escapism coping, right? All the things, but then you build a life in your head. Then you, then you fantasize. And God was with us, remember. And see, I didn't, mm -hmm. you see, God was with us. God gave me, he fulfilled his promises. He gave, he, he enabled me to earn a living. And, and he provided me with the people who would help me. And even the years unqualified teaching was exactly what I needed because I didn't trust anybody. You know, all the things that the, you know, the, the, the psychologists and the specialists tell you, living in denial, living in, in uh, sort of rejection of, of our own needs and all that sort of stuff. And uh, I can't even remember. I did learn them at one time. I didn't. Yeah. Because I... But, you know, all the things, I ticked all the boxes. And I it was only through reading um, uh, Memory of Abuse, Memory and Abuse or something like that. It's, it's by White House or somebody like that. Um, and th that was very, very helpful. And I don't even know how I got the book. I'm not kidding. God oh. provides. That's so beautiful. You're sharing that because I like in your story, as you're talking about books being brought into your life and. All I remember was Holy Spirit being like, go to Barnes and Nobles, um, a big bookseller <laughs> here, right? And I will show, and I was like, well, he's going to show me. So I'd walk along, you know, I was single parent at the time, Christian single parenting books, but they were my mentors. Like he always provided and I, there, I treasure that. And then another season, he didn't do that. And another season, yeah. one person he brought in or another single mom who we could bear the weight together or bear the load yeah. together. But you were, oh man, Lord. So powerful. So powerful. Well, one thing that it's highlights to me that I, we don't have to solve this for people, but how the spiritual is the spirit realm and the spirit and our spirits are so powerful. They can be wounded, crushed, broken. That's what the Bible says. And mine was, but there's this, his spirit to our spirit. Absolutely. That can reach. He can reach us that way, I guess, even through the. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I mean, even through my dog, I learned, I mean, that was more recent years. But he taught me about my own brokenness, my own lack of compassion with myself. And he, and he showed how the dog would behave badly if she wasn't being given the right environment. And it's us too, my darlings. You know, if we're not being loved and blessed and whatever, we're quite likely to behave badly. But actually, God isn't condemning us. He has patience and he will provide. And he, I mean, even as a child, you know, he provide. But I was so, I mean, I was so vulnerable because I was so needy, you know. And it, now, now, my lovelies, you know, when you feel that desperate desire for, I, mean, I don't, I don't drink by the grace of God anymore. And I don't overeat anymore. 
but I do some I do you know feel lonely at times but if I go and sit and pray but meditate contemplate and open my heart door and allow his love and know that he is with me and nothing can separate me from his love so I praise him praise is the most powerful way of being filled with joy and even today, somebody, you know, who I've been working with for some time, you know, sent me a, a thing from Henri Newell or Henry Nowon or whatever, anyway, um, uh, about joy. And, you know, he just reminded us, joy is not about anything visible. Hmm. And remember, and I do remember, I do recall this state, this, this statement, it hit me. Uh, probably the beginning of this year in a new way, and I do recall it frequently, where Jesus said, in this world you will have great tribulation, but I have overcome the world. So, you know, we we were just sharing before we went alive, you know, the tribulations that both of us had been having today. But, you know, it is in Christ, in his grace, in his love, and his total trust in the Father, even on the cross, that we have joy. And we can rest in that trust. We can rest in that presence. I'm, I'm, I'm both looking at, at uh, Danielle, but also behind my, my screen is an icon of the Lord. Mm. You know, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And can I just say, my dear ones, the devil does not want us to seek his word. And we are frequently challenged by the feeling, by the temptation. Oh, why have I still got to be fighting this? Why have I? Ba-boom, ba-boom, ba-boom. I tell you why. Because it helps us grow in grace and strength and courage and perseverance to pray for others. Not everybody has had the advantage, forgive me, my dear ones, the advantage of trauma mm-hmm. and the advantage of being carried by God in their dark times. And, you know, they have a little trauma and they think it's the end of the world because they're not getting their own way. <laughs> but, but we have the advantage of knowing that actually we can get over that. Yeah. There's so much that our process teaches us. And, you know, one thing that's coming to mind as you're talking is we still have to choose. Absolutely. And during in lately too, in my conversations, this has come up where you feel powerless. Um, It's like the enemy takes like whatever you have around you away, but it's, uh, I I know now God was there, but at the time I was like, no, no, I have nothing this can't get any worse. Your feelings now are in charge. Your emotions are leading. It's a choice still. And I really, for a time, felt powerless and didn't believe I had a choice, which is just so no. crazy. No, but listen, sweetheart, I've come to recognize, and I believe this is true, those moments are locked in us. They're locked in our psyche. They're locked in our bodies. You know, they're locked in all those areas of unprocessed events and i believe that we are actually feeling what we felt but we now can bring faith into it 
we can bring prayer into it. So I pray blessings on my parent powerlessness. I bring the presence of Christ into my heart, you know, according to, I'm sure you will remember the, the, the quote, it's, it's in Revelation, you know, I stand at the door and knock. Jesus is just waiting for us to choose again to allow him in. And the other thing is, when I wake in the morning, because people say, people who know better than we do, you know, that it is a lifelong process. But when I wake in the morning with um, what I call trauma brain, where I've got bitterness or something, something that's not healed in, in my brain, I just pray the Jesus prayer into that space. And this morning, I get this sort of what, what I call, uh, it's like reconnecting. It's like an electric current trying to reconnect. And it was in this ear. And our ears and the vagus nerve are, um, or the vagus nerve, which you know we, we sense in our ears because it affects the hearing, um, are seriously affected through trauma or by trauma. So I thought, oh, glory to God. So I was actually praising God at the same time as praying, you know, the Jesus prayer wow. and blessing onto this clicking, onto this area. So, we, you know, once we know these things, this is God at work. And we can say, oh, well, thank you, Lord, that you are taking hold of this broken part that has not been redeemed. That's what he calls it, the unredeemed parts. Mm. Everything is forgiven, but it's not yet redeemed. So we don't have to be afraid. It doesn't matter whether you're at the beginning of, of your trauma journey or you know, towards the end, well, I don't know how near I am to the end, who knows? It, it's not for me to know. He is with us and he is patient and he wants us to remain faithful. It's not been an easy day today because I've got this, you know, this bit of me, which is, wow, you know, how do I deal with this life? How do I persevere? But he's enabled me. And all the bits where I've said yes then I know that he's going to give me grace. Amen. Amen. So it's very helpful to say yes to things Amen. that you know are in his hands. Okay, that was part one of two parts in this conversation because of the, I think, depth and weight of this conversation. And we, like I said, we really go deep um, in the vulnerability I so appreciate of Marina. And as you can see, just the teacher she is. And sometimes in on my show, I just allow the person really to share their heart. And it's not so much even about me. It's about what does the Lord, what does Holy Spirit have for recalibrating hearts and for you, my audience? What does he have for me? What, you know, some things you might not agree with or you might be like, oh, I'm not sure. That's okay. We eat the fish and we spit out the bones. I pray that you've been blessed by this conversation and... You can find her on her website, overcoming.live. Again, it's overcoming.live if you would like to get in contact with Marina. Have a great day.